Oh, and then we're going to give us five seconds. What's up, guys? We're here with Jeffrey Barrios, the knife ninja, <laughs> according to the Go Big Show, which is something that we'll talk about in just a little bit. Oh, um, Jeffrey Barrios is a really good friend of mine. I've known him a long time. Uh, we grew up and grew together in martial arts. Um, and he's taken that and gone into all different kinds of routes like free running, parkour, and lately it's been knife throwing. What's that been like? It's been actually very confusing because yeah. I always wanted to do free running. It was the main thing. I wanted to do flips. I wanted to be the guy known for all the crazy flips and shit that I can do. And now it turns out it's knife throwing. <laughs> yeah. For years I've been doing parkour and free running. I've been doing knife throwing now relatively seriously for like two years. And that's the thing that took off. Was like, right. And I think that's when I met you around <laughs> the time that you started doing the knife throwing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember that's when I remember we would go to Strawberry Park and I would talk with you and I talk with Zach about that. And so, um, how did exactly did, did that idea pop up with you getting into that? Um, there was always a passing interest in it, like for a while. Where if you ever talk to like Charlie, right, he'll tell you a big reason why he never wanted to live with me was because I used to like to dick around with knives and throw them into the walls or into my uh, shelving and shit. Jesus Christ. So it was always a passing interest in it, but I had lost it for a while because I started trying to take parkour more seriously. Right. And then um, I'd gotten injured whenever I was with the Rockets, so I did rely more on breakdancing. Mm-hmm. And when the whole COVID thing happened, it just slept me with a shit amount of time to just do anything and everything. And I got bored one day and I was walking through the garage and you know those weird little like uh, iridescent uh, kunais they'll sell at like the flea market? I found one of those and I was trying to be more active on Instagram to try to actually grow a following. And I thought, what if I were to just like try to do some handstands or something and throw a knife? I wonder if that could work. I did a couple of uh, shots of doing that, posted it, and it was like the first video I ever made that like broke a thousand views. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> And so okay. how did the, how did it tell? Because oh, speaking of social media, right? So we know that you have a pretty substantial following now on TikTok, and so it's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there, and it's getting relatively like known. You know, I mean, I think one of the stories that we talked about is from the Go Big Show. You met some famous celebrities, and one of those being was T Pain. And so <laughs> now, is this true though that whenever T Pain had saw you do your little performance, he had said, "I remember I saw you on TikTok." I don't think it said TikTok specifically. Right. He, he was just referring to, I guess, the internet at large. Because at the end of my performance, at his first question, it wasn't even anything about the act. He was just like, either you have a twin that looks exactly like you on the internet. Or I know who you are because I've seen your videos. I've seen what you can do. When you walked out, I already knew you were gonna what you were going to do. I've seen you before. That's I was just cool. like. Yeah, it's cool as hell. Tell someone like T-Pain. <laughs> recognize you that's got to be a really cool feeling it was and then for cody rhodes to follow up with sounds like i need to go watch your videos <laughs> i don't know if you ever did but still just the notion was like oh. it's the least you could do cody <laughs> yeah much appreciated uh, 67 so before we get into the go big show we'll kind of move maybe a little chronologically so i know in high school you were always doing flips everybody knew you was the flippy guy um, so you were the flippy guy before you were Houston's ninja. So how did you become the flippy guy? What got you there? So that's actually an interesting one. Nice of a cup of coffee. <clears throat> yeah, I need, I need some coffee for that one. Because it actually started with dancing. Uh, it was when I was in high school. Um, a girl that I was interested in wanted me to try out for the breakdance team for the high school. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try to learn how to fucking break dance then. So I started trying to learn how to do handstands and, and what have you. And I started getting the feel for it. And I started liking it, but I wanted to add a little bit more flair. So I was like, handstands are cool and all, but it feels boring. I want to add something that gives it more pop. So I talked to my mom and, and she was able to get me uh, classes at a gymnastics gym for about a month. And they taught me how to do... Uh, a backflip, a roundoff backflip. And from learning how to and landing that first flip, like it was just done. I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty fucking great. That's fun. We didn't have the money to, to keep going to the gym, but I mean, about to fuck around and find out. 
was like, we're, we, we're going to figure this out. And then from there, it was just going to the park, watching a lot of YouTube videos, uh, playing them frame by frame, watching all of the little movements of when their toes are pointing, when they're rotating, how long they're waiting to rotate, all of it, just trying to take all the notes and just see if it works. And there was a lot of injuries. <laughs> oh, so many, but so worth it because, I mean, I like have... I like that I learned everything the way that I did because it it feels like it helps me a lot in terms of coaching whenever I'm teaching students. I feel like I can empathize a lot more how they're feeling and what maybe they're feeling physically. Like, oh, it just feels awkward when I try to do this, try to do that. And it makes me feel like I can talk them through it because I've been there. I've had to figure all of that out by myself and I can relate. Because a lot of people that are just like amazing gymnasts from when they were itty bitty and had somebody teaching them, they almost always have the same advice and it's just, just do it. It's not that hard. It's like, not to you, but yeah. to a kid it's, who's just learning, it's pretty fucking hard. It's it's like uh, recently me and my wife and her family went to uh, the Texas Tree Ventures, which is like a zip line obstacle course. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm terrified of heights, so I only did, like, part of the first level. Uh, there were three. And uh, after I did one where the little thing came out from underneath me, and I was like, all right, okay, I'm done. I've done enough <laughs> to say that I've done it. Uh, now I can leave. And so I went down to the bottom. I was just recording them, taking pictures, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got to this part where they had this thing called the True Blue, which is where you hook your harness up to it and you just fall down. But it's, like, uh, it works at with, like... Uh, retention system i guess where it holds your weight and lets you down slowly okay um and they were all like so excited to do it and they get to the point where they have to jump off and no one wanted to do it (laughs) and then so everybody's pushing um my brother-in-law like hey just do it just do it just do it and he ends up backing out and he's like okay let me see one of y'all go first and so um my other brother-in-law he comes up he's like let's do it and he's like oh my god this is so intimidating (laughs) um and yeah that was kind of the thing was that everybody was like no it it looks easy just do it right and then you get there and you don't just do it you don't um earlier we were throwing knives uh and i think one reason that Devin had so much success was because he was just doing it but he was doing it without a with one without too much ignorance of what he's doing mm-hmm. he understands the physical body and how to throw things properly um but then two he was doing it with a bit of confidence without oh being overly confident so he wasn't just like hurling these knives yeah. in there um so it's definitely a lot more of a mental thing than just going and doing it but would you say that part of it is just doing it to an extent um i think the part that makes it difficult is whenever you just do it, there's always that part of your brain that just kind of shuts off and stops paying attention to the detail. So if you don't have any kind of idea of, of the concept of what you're supposed to be doing, your body just goes haywire and does anything and everything. And that's when you end up getting hurt. So I've always thought that thought of it as a progress. So there is going to be a point where you do have to just do it, but you work your way up to it by doing a lot of exercises that'll get your body used to doing the right motions so that whenever you do just do it and you have that blackout moment the likelihood of you doing the correct thing in that blackout moment is increased because i can't tell you how many times it's i've seen people just go for it and then they freeze and they seize and they don't know what to do whatsoever at any point it's just eat it and it's like ooh. with my students i always teach them uh rolls rolling always roll first thing we're doing roll starting the classes with rolls end in the class with rolls we're gonna toss rolls in the middle of the class for no reason because the main thing i want them to do is i want their body to get so used to it that whenever they feel that momentum of falling or going downward that they shoot into a roll so that whenever we're doing things like flips or say we're just doing an obstacle course when they fall their body says roll and i'm always so proud whenever i see one of my students fall and bust out a roll and like the fuck just happened i'm like (laughs) It's working is what happened. <laughs> it's like it's become muscle memory almost. Exactly. So that's, that's what you want. Because they teach you the same thing even in, when you go to like take jiu-jitsu classes is to roll with whatever. Like they'll, mm. they'll warm up with rolls. So like if something happens and you fall, like at least you know how to handle that fall yep. or how to fall pretty much. Even like we talked about earlier in pro re- in like a professional wrestling training is they teach you how to, to take a pretty much take when you take a bump. They teach you how to race yourself for that fall, mm. you know. So that's interesting for sure. 
Ew. But speaking of those knife throwings, man, that is fun. Like, I think we walked away and I told Zach, I was like, I kind of want to buy some now. Like, that was, like, buy a big chunk of wood or something. And he was like, you can just get it off a tree. You don't have to buy a chunk of wood. But it's That's how I found mine. I was just driving around and uh, I look for places that are being developed. Right. They're, they're clearing the land because they'll almost always chop up the logs right. for you just beautifully because they want it light enough to where they can move it. Right. So if you drive by and you see it, just like, I'm going to... It's a good workout too because they're heavy as fuck. Oh my yeah, god, god they're heavy. But that's that's how I got all of mine. Just driving around and I see them. I was like, oh, I'm gonna take that. But it's satisfying that that sound it makes. That yeah. feeling of like, that, I wanted to go to go there and that's where it went. Yeah. That, What's up? Like, sound like it just yeah. breaks the wind almost. Yeah. Just so that was that was definitely a lot of fun though. So I feel like I could just walk down there and do it now. I mean, it, it just, feels good and it's one of the things where it's interesting because um, the more you relax the better it is like the more confident you get it sticks better but then it also gets to a point where if you get overly confident yeah it's also very bad yeah it's happened to me a couple of times where i've, I've gotten too confident and like just threw technique out the window and just straight chunked right it's like that was a mistake <laughs> and do you see that a lot with people who like who aren't really familiar with what can happen what can go wrong with knife or axe throwing yes uh that's why i try to always make sure whenever i'm teaching knife throwing i try to always Start with, we're not throwing hard. Yeah. You don't have to throw hard for it to stick. It is more satisfying, yes, when, when you throw it hard and it sticks hard. But if you don't have the proper technique and you're just chunking, if it bounces back at you, it is not a fun time. No. It is not really proof? not. Do you have any proof of that? I, I have a new <laughs> scar right right there. And it was one of those of me being too comfortable. I was, uh, I was finding my range for a right. half spin. And I hadn't found it quite yet i was getting close i was zeroing in on my range but i got too confident i was like ah this will be it so i chunked it fucking hard <laughs> i i threw it hard and it bounced and it bounced back just as hard as i threw it <laughs> so i was able to like move my face but in moving my face it put my shoulder in the way and i just felt like a, a nasty just thud and i was like yeah. oh god please let that be the handle and I look down, I just see a, I see a little hole in my shoulders like that wasn't the handle. It wasn't the handle, no. <laughs> I, uh, I took the tip. Because you use some heavy knives as well. Like, not yes. all of them are heavy, but it's like you, you have to be able to throw them. You can't just throw like a butter yes. knife and it's going to stick, you know. Like, you could probably use a butter knife and stick. <laughs> You'd be, butter knives are actually really good for beginners. Spoon. Really? If you're doing a no spin with, with butter knives, very good beginner knife. If you mm -hmm. have a, a target like the one that we were using, an end okay. very good. Because uh, it's cheap. It gives you a good uh, idea on how to do the motions. And if it starts to bend, just put it back in the target, bend it back, you're good. So they're surprisingly good, and they're really fun. Right. <laughs> just so, be like, watch this, butter knife, ha-ha. That's pretty freaking cool, though. Just like out of all the things you're going to get a butter knife, no one expects that to stick Dude, at I've all. done it with a fork and a spoon before. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> we need to get, we, I, I need you to do that. Like, show me that before we leave soon. I will. Uh, the fork is the, the spoon is the hard one. I bet. Because... <laughs> It's mostly because of the curve. <laughs> yeah. You want to get the tip of the spoon to be uh, perpendicular to the grain. But because of how the spoon is shaped, if you hold it regularly, you're hitting with the back end of the spoon. So it's this really weird way you have to finagle it to throw it so it sticks. Have but it's about, possible. Have you thought about getting the spoon and kind of curving it out a little bit? Like, like the, the base I have, of the but I feel like that's cheating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like more the idea of taking it as it is and using it versus manipulating it in a way. Whenever I posted the video of me using a spoon, people were like, you sharpened it, didn't you? Like, nope. <laughs> you, should just nope. Get, you should actually post like a longer video, like a TikTok or something, like a long TikTok and just go and just like follow yourself from your kitchen drawer all the way to the piece of wood. It's like, <laughs> I was going to do that. It's going to be like 20 times of me just walking back and forth in the kitchen. That would, be pretty that's pretty the big thing too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, it'll take 20 seconds from the exactly, and you know, that's a, that's a little long for TikTok because that attention span is just non-existent. No, it's not. <laughs> so uh, also, though, I think also what it comes with is respecting what you're throwing as well. A lot of people sometimes don't respect the, like what exactly they're throwing. You know, yes. it's just it's like it's like exactly like because I like to go to the gun range, right? So. You have to respect the gun because there's yeah. a, like a lot can go wrong with it, just like a lot can go wrong with an axe or with a knife. Mm -hmm. And like he told me a little bit about when uh, Cody Rhodes wanted to try it out, and he had that automatic respect, like this thing can bounce back and yeah. hit me. Yeah, he was very hesitant. He, you could tell that he knew he didn't know what he was doing, mm -hmm. but he knew that there was a lot of risk with what he was about to try right. to do. Would you say like if he were to like step back and take a breath, then the knives would stick? <laughs> 
Uh, if he did, uh, maybe. Maybe it would have helped him out if he took a, a bigger <laughs> breath. It was more of a... <laughs> Just a quick breath inside. So, uh, chronologically, so I yeah, guess... Yeah, so, b-boying to martial arts. I w- I, am I wrong? Did martial was that, arts, was martial that the next arts part? Martial arts was actually the very first part. The first one, okay. Yes. And b-boy... Uh, martial arts, I'd actually picked after. it from my dad. He had uh, taught me a very simple uh, little training... Uh, combination of kicks and it was just a side kick a low mid and high it was something that he showed me a long time ago when I was a kid and for some reason it stuck and so I would practice it a lot and it helped a lot with uh, my core and hip flexors getting them up and high but I never really had anybody to, to practice a whole lot with so it was always me just whenever I could dicking around with the idea it wasn't until I met you in high school that I had somebody to really practice with a lot and start to really develop my martial arts skills but it started with martial arts the interest in a lot of things like that like because um, you think martial arts and you think of movies like uh, the ninjas and all the crazy fight scenes and they'll have like knife throwing in those scenes so that's where some of uh, those interests came in through but it definitely started with martial arts then dipped briefly into dancing and then for the, a long stint it was just parkour free running with uh parkour and free running <laughs> what um like alleyways have you gone with that like i know there's like the big red bull events where they have like all the guys doing everything have you Art of motion have you been able to go to anything like that? That was that was the dream for for a long time. It still is. I would still yeah. love to one day be able to compete at at uh, Art of Motion. Ah, those people! I remember. Uh, I think I was like 24, 25 when I had seen that somebody who was like seventeen, eighteen won that year's Art of Motion competition. I was like, "Fuck, am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I such a piece of shit?" Yeah. Uh, in the UFC, who was it? Someone just fought, and he was he started. Oh, it was um, Song Yadong. Mm. He's been fighting in the UFC since he was nineteen. Are you serious? Max Holloway's been fighting in the UFC since he was like eighteen. Yeah. So we feel you. Oh, I remember <laughs> yeah. seeing that. I was like, you ass. Or whenever you, I'm on Instagram and I'll see like these kids that are like fucking eight, nine, ten, doing two thousand. So like they're spinning on both hands and just sticking it. Yeah. And then transitioning into other move sets, and it's like, why well, am I such a piece of shit? <laughs> you know, you're essentially creating that for kids. You're you you teach people. You do privates. Uh, you do teach parkour. You, I'm sure you could teach in some uh, dance moves, some break dancing. I have been with the student that I have. Yeah. Uh, I'll teach him. Uh, we'll work on it briefly because it's not a, a whole. It's not what he's there for, but he's shown interest in it. So I'll show him how to do a, a basic six-step uh, breakdancing thing. So it's basically yeah, some footwork and just a six-step. So we go in a complete circle, taking six steps in total to get all the way around. And it's surprisingly difficult to get at first, but it's one of those things where it's basics. And whenever he comes up, like, all right, first we're starting with, show me your six-step. <laughs> he's getting there. And, but, ah. He makes me, he reminds me a lot of me whenever I was his age because I was, uh, whenever I was like 13, 12, I was chunky, but I still try to do other things. And he's a little on the heavy set side, but he gives so much effort. Like, the classes are only supposed to be an hour, but with the extra time that he makes me want to give him because he wants to be there, we typically end up doing like almost an hour and a half worth of class just because he wants to be there. He wants to keep going. If he feels like he didn't end off on a good flip, he's like, nah, we'll do one more until, like, it's a good one. I, I want to end off with a good one. It's like, that's what I like yeah, to see. That's that's how I like to do that. Whenever I'm holding pads for someone or I do a session with someone uh, and we work on their technique or they're just, like, getting the basics down of, like, learning stance and throwing a proper mm-hmm. jab and one-two, um, it usually runs a little later because we're having fun. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, all right, I want at least five good ones. Yeah. Give me at least five good ones and we're and you're good to go. I think it's just very underrated, the idea of having fun with it. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, it's great and all, having somebody that can advance quickly and do all these amazing things. But at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy it, what's the point? Right. I mean, that's my, uh, my train of thought even with uh, exercise. Whenever people ask me, well, how do you get fit? Like, how do first thing you gotta do is find something you like yeah right find something you enjoy so that way it doesn't feel like a chore it feels like it's something you get to go and do so if you i don't like lifting weights i hate lifting weights it's boring i'll do it every now and then as a necessary evil just to build some muscle where i need it so that i can do other things easier 
but I hate it. So my primary form of working out is parkour, break dancing, sometimes even knife throwing if I'm getting into it enough. But that's how I work out, and I enjoy it, and I love it. It doesn't feel like a chore. In most cases, whenever I'm sore the next day, I get annoyed and frustrated because I know that I won't be able to go as hard as I would like because yeah. I'm sore. It was like, well, damn. That's what, uh, speaking of that, man, like you have some crazy core strength because we've, we've grappled before, <laughs> we've rolled before, and it's like, so we're about to, like roughly the same height, and it's like, it's crazy to see the things that you can do, though, because, I mean, obviously, like we see the backflips, we see all the dance moves, we see the knife throwing, but it's like you're very athletic, like you know. It's it's very like underrated. I feel like with because everything you do involves so much acrobats, acrobatic stuff. So where it's like you know it's crazy. Like whenever like we, I think one time I was in your guard and you picked me up like with one <laughs> arm and just started throwing me around. I'm like, what the heck? Like I I I, I grapple with Zach sometimes, and it, even then it's like. It just threw it threw me off because Zach will still manhandle me. Don't get me wrong. No, yeah. But it's, it's like yeah, and so. I don't know. It's it's just it's crazy to me though. Like even your workout regimen. Like before your surgery, I know that you're still you're pretty much fully recovered from your ACL surgery, right? Getting there. I think um, I'm recovered enough to where I can do all the basic stuff. I don't think I can do flips yet. Okay. Uh, the surgeon told me I'm at four months post uh, surgery, and they told me at the four month mark you're gonna feel good. You're gonna feel like you can do everything just fine, but you're actually at the weakest at that four month mark. Okay. So I've had that in my mind. It's just, it's just been in there. It's like, all right, don't get all like, oh, nah, I'm fine. We're good. Do a flip. <laughs> ah, shit. Oh, man. Back to square one. <laughs> Four years with a torn ACL, man. I don't recommend it. It fucking sucks. <laughs> How did you tear your ACL? Oh, there's a story. <laughs> I'm still salty. I'm so fucking salty. <clears throat> I think I, it's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. I am so salty, dude. Fucking. Uh, whenever I was in high school. I wanted to try to, to get a scholarship in a way that would be easy for me. So I joined cheerleading and I got to know the owner of the gym that we used to go to so well that she would let me go to, to the gym whenever I wanted. Yeah. Unannounced. She's like, fuck off. And I wouldn't. One day she was like, hey, so um, there's going to be some auditions for the Houston Rockets to be on the dance crew. Uh, I think you, I totally think you should try out. So I went. I tried out. And, dude, that was one of the first times that I had the um, one of those moments where you just stick something through to the end and you never know. Life mm. happens because I was whenever I was there, this was before I got into breakdancing heavy. It was breakdancing was still a thing I would do every now and then just for fun. But I was all about parkour free running. And when we were in the in the area waiting to be called out for auditions. I was watching everybody else warm up and cipher and go back and forth. And Dude, these guys were fucking beasts. They were animals. And I'm like. Why am I here? <laughs> oh my God, this is embarrassing. I should, I should just cut my losses and go home. There's no fucking way. I. Why am I here? <laughs> but I kept telling myself, just stick it out. At least you can say you did the thing. Just finish it. Finished it. I was embarrassed as hell because again, I looked like dog shit compared to all of them. And somehow I made the team. And I was like, excuse you, huh? Who? Me? Oh. Okay. And this was the first time I was ever on something big. So this was my first experience being like, I'm going to be in front of a lot of people, eyes on, all eyes on me type of thing. Maybe not all, all on me, but because of it being so new, it felt that way. And so I, I've always had really bad stage fright. And whenever they told us our first performance was, was coming up, I remember I kept freaking out more and more knowing it was coming. I was like, oh, it's the first big performance. Oh, it's, it's going to be the stadium is full. This is the first official game of the season. Everybody's going to be there. They're going to be watching. I was freaking out. And uh, part of what we had choreographed at the end of it, I was supposed to do a backflip off of somebody's shoulders. So the night of the performance came. We're rehearsing. We're, we're running it a couple of times before uh, the game starts. And I think it was the second time we ran it through, we got to the backflip part. And the guy who, who I was doing a backflip off of bucked me up a lot harder than I expected. It was supposed to be him just kind of there, like sturdy, and then mm -hmm. me do the flip. But as I started coming up, he bucked his shoulders hard. So I got a lot more height than I expected. And I was braced to land while I was still, I want to say, like a good maybe two and a half, three feet off the floor. So I was expecting to land here. Right. But it was already, with my legs extended, up here. So I over-rotated, and my heels uh, caught. So my knees locked out, and I just felt my left one 
pop to the side. Mm. I didn't know what happened. I'd never had. I've I've had it before to where I've landed with my knees straight mm. and like they them shooting into a locked position. I've I felt that before and I thought that's all that happened. But I remember it was a really weird steep angle. I felt my knee do something weird. I tried to roll out of it. But it was such a steep angle that even when I tried to roll, I popped my head on the floor. I rolled. It was weird. It was gross. The coach's assistant was like, you okay? Because <laughs> I was laying down for a good minute because it fucking hurt. And then I was like, after I took a breath, I was like, well, I'm not dead. So we've got that. She's can you can you keep going? I'm, like, I'm about to find out. <laughs> Stand up, get back into position. It's like, all right, we're going to run it again. We do the first part. I, I marked the first backflip. I didn't actually throw it. And then when we came to moving to the second position in the formation, I took one step and I felt my knee just go. I was like, oh shit, something's wrong. So I just like, I just kneeled and I just dragged myself off the court because like something is wrong. That was fucking weird. I don't know. And then like, you, you're, you're, hey, you good? They gave me some, I think some ibuprofen or something, some strong shit. Strong and do fuck all. But um, they took me to the back, and they had said, oh, we, we got you. We're going to wrap you up. Uh, we'll help you out. But it took them, like, almost an hour to come and help me. I got so frustrated waiting for them that uh, I wanted to test my knee strength. I took a, an Under Armour shirt out of my bag, wrapped it around my knee as tight as I could, walked a few blocks down to the corner store. Because <laughs> I know that uh, caffeine helps for, for pain. So I bought right. me, like, three Red Bulls chugged him jesus christ Jeff. i dude it fucking hurt it was hurting a lot dude it was hurting just trying was like, to get sponsored yes <laughs> red bull <laughs> i chugged like three of them because it was hurting and i was like i need something i bet you wish it gave you wings huh i fucking wish it would have helped a lot that day yeah i walked my ass back and it was after i got back that they finally brought me some wraps and shit and the coach came out and she was like hey so we need to know if if you can perform or not because we need to know if we need to change the formation what's going on i need an answer and so at that moment I had two thoughts come through my mind. One was, oh, thank God. I don't have to do this. I was so terrified. I don't have to do this anymore. But then my other thought was, but, but, you know this is going to be bad. You know you're going to look like absolute dog shit. If you can do this, like this, hurt, anything after this is a fucking joke. Do it. (laughs) So I told the coach, I'm doing it one way or another. I'll do it. I'll run the, the routine by myself. I'll figure out what I can and can't do, but I'm doing it. So I'm sitting there in the back. I ran the routine, and my knee let me know real quick, like, what I could and couldn't do. Whenever right. I took a step that it couldn't take, I felt my knee slip out of place, pop back in. I would just hit the floor, and it would just be, can't do that. Can't do that. Can't do that. Got it. <laughs> then came time to perform. I look like shit like I expected. And after everything, my coach was like, all right, um, go see the, the Rockets uh, chiropractor. He, he'll help you out. I went to him and he says, it could be nothing. Or it could be a full tear of your ACL. Without an MRI, I can't tell you. And that's where he left it. And my coach was just like, okay, I'll sit out for now. And... I didn't want to be useless, so this is whenever I started picking up breakdancing. Because, like, well, my thing for the team, I felt, was flips. I can't flip. I don't want to do nothing. So let me start breakdancing, because I don't need to be jumping around to breakdance. And I'm the reason I'm so salty is because after all of that, it wasn't until, like, a year and a half, almost two years later, I finally had the money to get an MRI. And when I got it, I got the results back. And they were like, all right, so I have a full tear of the ACL. You have a fragmented meniscus. You have bone effusion. Your bones are, like, grinding up against each other. Uh, you have satellites, so, like, bits of bone that splintered off that are just, like, hovering around in my knee. Just a whole fucking thing. And I reached out to my coach. I emailed her. And I was like, hey, so I finally figured out what's wrong. I don't have a knee. And she was like, she didn't respond. I had to go and fucking do research to find the HR email for the Rockets. And after I got a response from them, then my coach messaged me back. She was like, Oh, I was busy. Uh, they'll take care of you, though. HR sent me to their insurance people. Insurance people sent out somebody to talk to me. Then they sent it out to their medical people. And then long story short of all of it, they were like, uh, there's no incident report. Your coach didn't report it. Uh, the chiropractor, he was uh, changing how he stores all of his documents. So he couldn't find the documents on my knee stuff whenever I went to come see him. And so the medical people were like, 
we don't think it's our fault. And because it was almost two years, uh, a work injury lawyer was like, it's too late. So like, sucks to suck, have fun. <laughs> so ever since then, whenever I see like the, the slogan, run as one, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking lying piece. <clears throat> it taught me a lot though. I will say that. Very harsh lesson to learn, but it taught me a lot. And it was basically, especially with companies, the head of people, uh, they, they don't care. They're always going to take care of themselves first. So if I don't take care of me, that's my own fault. And it's so, happened to me a lot. They have had people, owners of like martial arts places where they've wanted to push me to do things past where I'm feeling comfortable. It's like, no. And I've told them straight up, if I get hurt, you're not going to take care of it. I right. already know you're not. It's already the fucking Rockets did it to me. This huge ass company. You, this little dude who has a couple of franchise chains, you're not going to do shit to help me. No. It's going to be on me. No. So would you say that you learned to run as one? I've learned to run with one. (laughs) (laughs) So from there, though, so we know that you dealt with the struggles of your ACL and other things as as well. But either or, you still managed to find a true calling with these acrobats uh, acrobatic stunts as well as knife throwing i mean it's it's really cool watching you do this and which led to you being on so led to you being on the go big show right yeah. so kind of walk me through that like how did that come about because i've never really sat and talked to you about that <laughs> it was funny how it happened i think this was uh right after my first viral video with uh, the hair dart right or the, the scorpion throw as the people tend to call it um, I was getting a lot of traction, a lot of attention from, from different outlets. And there was this one guy who randomly hit me up on Instagram. He was like, hey, I'm a casting producer for uh, this show, uh, this, this, and that. I was just wondering if, if you would be interested in, in participating. When I read it, my first thought is, you're full of shit. Because <laughs> uh, being on Instagram for as long as I have, I remember when I had like four or 500 followers, I would sometimes get messages like that. Oh, we like your stuff. We want to work with you. And it was like, please be an ambassador for shit. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> shit like that. So I thought it was something like that. We get those messages. So yeah. you are, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was one of those, but at the same time, I was like, just in case, let me humor it. Cause you never know. You never know. And so I humored it. I like, oh yeah, it sounds cool. It sounds like, oh, oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Continue talking. You good? Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was uh, they were full of shit, but I, th- I figured I'd humor it just in case it, w- it was legit. And I looked up the show, and the show was a thing, so I was thinking, okay, maybe it is legit. Talked to the dude. He set up a, an interview via Zoom for the next day. I did that, and he's like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll let you know uh, how it goes. But after the, the the interview with Zoom, it felt a little bit more like legit. I'm like, right. okay, like they followed through with the, with what they were gonna say, or what they were gonna do rather. And then they started emailing me more and more. Then they signed a producer to me. And then <laughs> it started getting to a point of like, I think this is legit. I don't matter. This is like a very complex you, scam. You, Holy shit. You still committed. weren't sure? Like, <laughs> yes. After all that? Well, yeah, because I was like, man, people do some crazy shit. Yeah. They get creative with these scams. They're fucking, I'm on the plane on the way to Georgia. I think this crazy, might be yeah. legit. Who knows? I'm in the hotel room. I, I think or you, you know might what? end up getting I, I trafficked. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? So. I had a friend of mine who, t- who did told me that she was like, "Make sure you tell me where you're at in case like the trafficking you or something." Right? They just got this handsome man just flying out to Georgia, <laughs> just gonna <laughs> put him in the room. And so it reminds me of, like the plot of like ho- of Old Boy. Have you seen Old Boy? I have. Like the where they just trap him in that room for like ten years and just yeah. That's a fuck, fucked up movie. That is a really fucked up movie, but we'll get into that some other time. So, um, so you go on to the Go Big Show now. You're out in Georgia, and you're working with the production team. You're working with people from, like, Burt Kreischer to Cody Rose to T-Pain and a couple other people as well. Uh, I'm a really big wrestling and comedy fan, so that's why I remember <laughs> them. But um, As well as T-Pain. He's such a down-to-earth guy. Um, I'm sure that it was so, like, the experience now, so, like, kind of getting into that. So what was that like working with, like, like different minds as well and also the contestants as uh, from the show the as well contestants were the best part by far um we didn't have a lot of interaction with any of the the big stars right whenever they would come out and move around the area they would confine us all to our holding space and was like all right y'all don't come out because like the big people are coming out like okay i remember i got i saw cody only by accident because while they were coming out i was in the bathroom and i was just as i was walking out to the hallway I see cody he's like hey like what's up <laughs> he just walks by me. do you feel like you should have been like What's up? <laughs> now that I know hey, that it was hey, a 67, I got, yeah. 
She'd be like, here's a couple bucks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a little higher. <laughs> Actually, I'm a really big fan of his dad, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, what's it called? My Dusty dad. My uh, Dusty Rhodes. My dad watched him growing up, and then like he would always show me stuff, his stuff. So I thought always thought it was always been a fan of. The, you know that his brother is Goldust. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? I remember, like, I, I've known that for a while, but it's just it's, nuts. To me, it's weird just because I always thought Goldust was like 50. Yeah. And here and Cody Rhodes was like, looks like he's a 20 year old back back then mm-hmm. when I found this out. Um, Goldust is just this old dude who is dressed up in all kinds of crazy ways, but typically he paints himself black and gold and wears a giant black and gold, like, leather onesie suit thing um (laughs) and then for a while uh they did this story with cody rhodes being uh what was it stardust stardust and then gold and gold dust um and he and cody would paint his face like black and then have a star on his face um it was interesting um i I wasn't a big fan of how wwe was handling all of that no yeah that was definitely a dig at them uh wwe also didn't really care for their dad too much like they they respected them as time went on but i mean um when whenever dusty rose went to the wwe they put him in a big like like jumpsuit that had polka dots all over it to make fun of him and that man has so much charisma he went out there and rocked that shit i'm still good he's just a really (laughs) cool dude from what it seems um and uh, he just left the AEW, right? Cody Rhodes? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so AEW is a big organization coming up. Would you ever uh, try th- throw a, a knife into uh, pro wrestling? It actually sounds really fucking fun. I've thought about it before. Especially whenever I get, uh, who is it, Rey Mysterio, I think, is the one that yeah. I get a lot. That sounds so fun. That, yeah. Especially because one of the things, in my opinion, that's really fun about like stunt work, especially when doing choreographs, Falling is so fucking fun. He, like selling a, a punch, that's, selling a So that's a what kick. he was talking about earlier when he said, you know, you learn to take a bump. That's mm-hmm. what that is, is your sell on the move. And if you get hit, you go down. That's the bump. You got to take a bump. so fun. You got to learn how so to take a fun. hit. Um, so Rey Mysterio did the 619. Would you do the 713? <laughs> Represent. I'm That'd with it. Dope, it's actually. Dope. That was <laughs> That was good. <laughs> um, it could be something cool. Like, I could see you doing something like um, uh, you do, like, Irish whip someone to one side of the ring, and then you run to the other side and jump off the rope, and then kind of like, uh, was it the moonsault, where you, uh, you'd you go off the rope and then hit up in the air and hit them? That'd be pretty cool. That sounds, oh, that sounds so fun. And, like, I love it. And it's always figuring out the, the logistics of these things. Right. That, to me, is really fun. Like, with knife throwing or things like that, figuring out what to put in what position to make it all just come together is so fun. That's my favorite part of, of anything uh, when I'm trying to get creative. It's just looking at it. What do I need to do to get this sheer and just fill in that blank in the middle? Oh, God, that's fun. Well, yeah. You had mentioned stage fright. You want to talk about stage fright. Imagine being in a uh, packed arena. There's like at least 20,000 people. At least. You know? How would that make you feel? You, you think I, you'd be able to... And then to, to not only do that, but then you have this character that either you've created or they've created for you and you have to uphold that character from start to finish. I think, especially with what uh, what happened with the Go Big Show, I think that I could. Yeah? Only because with the Go Big Show, um, one of the biggest things that I had against me that was freaking me out was I was there for about a month and I didn't get to practice my set at all until like the last three days and it wasn't even the entire set i got to practice the first half of my performance the first day the second half of my performance the second day and then run the entire performance the last day and all of this was only maybe for like an hour to two hours each time so i I barely got any real practice the only thing that i did get to practice was the hair dart and the handstand throw because i went out in the back of the fucking hotel I found a big-ass log in a ditch, and I dug it out so that I could practice. Because they said they were going to have targets for me, but every time I asked, they were like, ah, we're not ready yet. Ah, it's not ready yet. Ooh, it's not ready yet. Ah, it's not ready yet. So I didn't get to practice any of my moves. Right. Except for, for those two. And those two were the only ones that came out, like, beautifully how I wanted them. And it's like, look at that, the things that I got to practice. But. Sounds like it was um, TBS's fault. It sounds like it to me. But who knows? Maybe it all would have ended the same regardless. But I just know that 
I couldn't help but be frustrated with that one. Yeah. But again, lesson learned. Next time, be a little more anal about it. Like, hey, no, I need my shit. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, it's just. If you want a good show, you need to let me fucking practice. It's like, I'm out here to do my best, and so I'm trying to yeah. do my best, and you're not really helping me and with so, that. And so, keeping in mind that I didn't have the time to practice, I was stupid nervous. Um, and my ACL was, was starting to act up a little bit. Like, right. my knee, because um, all the, the constant flipping, every time I did a flip, my mind at least a good 20 percent of my mind would be occupied and terrified of like what if this is the one yeah. that lays you out again for like another month before you can do anything right and so just all of these things happening at once and then it's like all right go it Jeez. felt amazing that my, my body started and didn't stop even whenever the times that it did mess up following the flow of everything not breaking character um just be like all right breathe do the thing do the thing i was nervous because the first time i ever did and you could tell that i was nervous but it felt so good knowing that even whenever i did mess up that the idea that i try to tell people and try to uphold myself of just do it follow through still gonna do the thing do it being able to be in a situation that called for it and actually do it and it's like i actually lived, lived up to it i did the thing regardless i'm still gonna the shia labeouf shit just pops in my head every single time do it just, can you imagine if uh, your you, your ACL would have been – if one of those flips had gone wrong and they're sitting there like, oh, the team goes to you and they help you up and then Cody Rhodes, Rosario Dawson, and T-Pain and the other lady, uh, they're just <laughs> like, okay, uh, 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 yeah, sorry, man. You, just, you were a little nervous and then you fell. You didn't stick everyone, so, you know, sorry. Oh, are you in pain? <laughs> T-Pain. <laughs> He's always in pain. So uh, so with that experience, though, man, I mean, mm. you went out there and you did your thing. Of course, like, uh, to be honest with you, that's the only episode I watched was your episode. And so, um, but also just because, like, of course, we're going to support you. And so that was the main mm. thing is, like, hey, we got to turn this on. We turn, like, every TV in the, in the house on, even if that matters at all, TV ratings. <laughs> but three-day sling free trial. So with that though, so what was your biggest takeaway from that though? Because I know you know we watching you, we know that you're you were a little nervous. I mean, you're on national TV. That's you're on yeah. TBS. It's Ted Turner owns a lot of TV networks, and so uh, you were seen by a lot of eyes. And so, with that being though, <clears throat> of course, we, like you, you didn't get the outcome you wanted. It is mm-hmm. what it is. We, you learn, you live, and you learn. But what what is your biggest takeaway? I think the biggest takeaway for me was. Um learning that I had a mental fortitude that was higher than I expected it to right. be. Uh, I, did, I didn't know how I would react whenever a knife didn't stick. And that was one of the things that had me nervous is, is the whole not knowing what you're going to do. Right. So whenever the judges were watching and I had some knives that didn't stick, some moves that didn't work, knowing that I was able to keep composure and keep going to me was like, I, I have this better than I expected at handling that. And then on top of everything else, as I said, learning that I need to be a little more assertive in situations like, hey, you need to give me my shit to practice or having uh, start working on actually having a routine already put together. Because whenever they'd hit me up, I didn't have any kind of routine. They were like, uh, I think it was two weeks, two, three weeks out before they flew me out that they, mm-hmm. they'd reached out. So I had that little amount of time frame to first find what throws I wanted to do, what throws they wanted me to do have uh, be work between me and the producer to pick some throws and then find a, find a way or a routine to string them all together and just have all that like just on the spot so to me it was like alright well for this to not happen next time you need to have a routine built you need to be practicing a lot so that everything is already just ready to go which right now I'm trying to get to that point but I'm waiting for my knee to heal so that I can right. have the flip part of my routine ready to go. And so going into that now, so since you had, uh, since you went on the Go Big Show, uh, you've had ACL surgery and you've mm-hmm. completely, uh, completely repaired your ACL and you're going through recovery as we speak. And now you are month four, like we had talked about, right? One more time? Yeah, you're, this is your fourth month yes. of recovery. So what was that like having to sit down? Because I know how active you are, and it's crazy how like you're going nonstop. <laughs> and so just having to actually sit still. And so what me, exactly is that? Let me put it to you this way. It was so difficult that it didn't last longer than three days. <laughs> the third day in, I was already up doing something. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the first thing I started doing is uh, I made a little TikTok video of me just like, you know what? I'm going to practice with my crutch then. Yeah. So like uh, using like a bow staff kind of tossing around bow staff, um, using the crutch itself to do some knife throwing. Uh, once my knee felt like it could sustain its own weight, I think about a week in, it's like, all right, well, I don't need to put my feet down to do handstands and shit. So we'll do that. We'll do some very light break dancing. So it, I only lasted like three days of not doing anything. Because those three days felt like a fucking week, dude. Oh, my right. God. It was so frustrating. You can play so many video games after, at that point. <laughs> For real, though. You really can yeah. only do so much. And it was just... Because it was just sitting in the same spot. Being in the same room. Because I couldn't really do much. It was... My knee was swollen as shit. Like, doing this was painful. Just sitting there, it was like a constant throbbing. It was right. like, this fucking sucks. Uh, so when I could, felt like I could finally start to do something, it's like, all right, I'm jumping on it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I, mm, mm. Which, in my opinion, though, it's <coughs> bittersweet. It makes it risky, the whole recovery thing. But it also accelerates it. Um, whenever I, I did finally get around to going to the physical therapist, he told me that I was well ahead of schedule on recovery. That's great. And I think it's because it was like three days in. I was like, all right, well, let's get these muscles back to, to form, back to shape. And also, you're, you you take care of your body. You're in shape, so you're also able to recover a lot faster. Than, than I try to. Person, um, you know? I think the whole having a torn ACL for four years helped a lot because I learned how to move without really risking the joint itself. Uh, the hard part now is trying to unlearn all of that. Right. So that the right muscles can, can engage and start working back to, to being at full form. And it, it's so frustrating. I have to like actively pay attention when I walk or when I jog. It's like, okay, <laughs> do it normal now. You right. have an ACL. You can do it normally. <laughs> so how did they repair your ACL? Did they use your ACL or did they use a cadaver ACL? Uh, they took a piece of tendon from my quad and put it in my knee. Okay. And I felt it. Um, when, once every the swelling went down and I started being able to, to stretch my leg, once I would stretch or bend my knee past like a 90 degree, I could feel the tension on my on my thigh. It's like it, I felt like something was going to pop. I was like, ooh, I think that's, that's where they took it. That's weird, man. I think that's where they took it. So now that you're getting healed up, um, the sky is the limit. Uh, you're going to be pushing for more. You're going to be getting better, uh, possibly reaching new heights. What do you look forward to next? Uh, honestly, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to that I want to do now, because the biggest thing that I've been putting off because of my knee is pursuing a stunt career. Uh, and whenever I was in Georgia, I, I spoke to some stuntmen. One of the contestants was a stunt guy living in L.A., and he was telling me that, uh, good and all, you, you, you've got what you need for it. It's just you need to get your knee fixed because it's something that you would I would recommend you disclose to whoever you decide to work with. They may not want to work with you for it because of it, reasonably so, because if you get hurt, then you're, you're making the production take long because now they have to wait for you to heal. They yeah. have to replace you. Or if you don't tell them and you get hurt, then they're like, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell us you were hurt? <laughs> A whole lot of things was so like you really need to get your knee fixed first. So now that my knee is on its way to being fully fixed, I'm excited. I was like, all right, I can really pursue full force a stunt career. Full force. <laughs> full force. Never go full force. Um, <laughs> never go full force. You never go full force. You never heard of that? I've, I've heard you don't go full retard. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Robert Downey That's Jr., cool. baby. Um, it's something from iDubs and this guy named Aerosol Fatty. Um, it's, we'll show it to you. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's great. But anyway. Um, they want to go, go sorry. Uh, so, like, how much? So, I know you're, you're a dad. Like, you know, you have two, you have two daughters. How much does that kind of drive you to really out, go out and live your passion and to keep you striving to just get better? Uh, it actually helps a lot. Um, a big part of me wants to be able to show them that through my actions, mm -hmm. if you try hard enough, if you, if you really want it and you're dedicated, you can do damn near anything, especially specifically with the support because I wouldn't have been able to reach the places that I am if it wasn't the support that I have from my family and friends, right. people like you. Because solo, nah. It just it would not have worked out. The support from my family has been instrumental to say the least and i want to provide my little ones with the same with whatever they want to do so that's why i i expose them to what i can do as well because i would love for them to join me and if they want to do it great if not that's fine too i want them to do whatever they want but that's what makes me so happy that my youngest caitlin mm -hmm. is taking after me on all of it it's also kind of scary because i know how easily you can get hurt so it's like yay be careful 
<laughs> but yay, but please be careful. Is there anything that you're going to, like, she's going to be like, hey, I want to try this. You always do this. Let me try that. Is there anything that you're going to be like, no, you don't get to do that? I think... She's it, throwing axes and throwing knives, so I think probably Yeah, not, so I'm thinking but. something... Well, it's because I think the things that would make me think that or feel that would be the, the things that I've done that where you take simple concepts, but you combine them, and in combining so many concepts and so many variables, it becomes dangerous. Okay. So, like, doing... Uh, whenever I do flips while throwing a knife... Those or kicking knives, there's a lot of variables that I'm combining that start to make it dangerous. I can't tell you how many times I've stabbed my foot from kicking knives, or how many times I've tried uh, doing a combination of like a, a kick or a flip or something while throwing a knife, and you lose sight of the knife, and that by itself is dangerous because you don't know where it's going. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I throw a knife. I've heard that it didn't stick. I hear the bounce, and I just freeze. I'm just like, until I hear it land, it's like, okay, we're good. Should make you clench your butthole, man. It does, because yeah. you don't know where it is, and you don't want to like <laughs> yeah, look up. Ah, fuck. Yeah, I've uh, I barely once. I, th- I have a video of it on TikTok where, uh, again, simple concepts, but because of the, the variables you add, it makes it dangerous. It was just uh, a kick. It was a roundhouse, a backhand throw, turn, and another backhand throw. With the first backhand throw, well, I was trying to always make my movements uh, look smooth. I wanted to look like it's all like pop, pop, pop. So I didn't want to do stick stick i want to be pop pop right so i threw the first one but because i was already ready to throw the next one i didn't listen for it to stick i just went for the next one and as i looked and i turned over the first one had bounced and it was coming right for my face and thank the lord for reflexes because dude i barely dodge it it's just like oh you see it roll around my head and it's like oh it's fucking close okay let's do it again uh i've been there trying to record something for yep. you and you throw it and i'm recording i'm just like eh, and then the knife is like whoo and it's like well oh <laughs> yikes <laughs> and they're heavy so yeah. like they no you, fucking even joke. if you don't get caught by the pointy end it's probably it, gonna it, hurt it hurts <laughs> yeah i know i've been sl- just slapped by it with a bounce yeah. that still hurts that leaves a fucking bruise already i believe it <clears throat> so you had so you were gonna ask him something uh we're just gonna be coming to kind of a close we're running short on time now good, um but so you had said that the next thing you want to do with your career is stunt. You want to work yes. towards stunts. Stunt. How about um, how about those cars? How about he's uh, rushing home to kiss his dad. How about the um, more of like the fun aspects of that career is social media, posting, interacting with people. You've done giveaways. You work with other companies sponsorships what kind of sponsorships are you looking for if they were to watch this and they reach out for you all right when it comes to sponsorships i definitely would want things that i actually use like it's a part of my life so i can feel like i can honestly endorse it so obviously knives would be a big one but uh, i already have flying steel for that one and flying steel knives are in my opinion like just top notch after the shit that i put those knives through and they still stick i've seen them break a a cinder block yes a knife broke a cinder block and still stuck uh, and, through the and cinder it's stuck block in the wood behind the cinder block. Yeah, I'd say that's about as quality as you Yo, can get. I fucking love those knives. Uh, earphones would be big. Anything music related, because music has been just like a driving force for a lot of my throws, or a lot of the ideas that I've had have come because of the music that I was listening to. Like, a, if if it's unreally chill, uh, I'll just be chilling, vibing with the music, bullshitting with my knives, and then a, a random ass idea will stem from it because of that. Just chill fluid nature sometimes i'll be listening to something just like really getting that blood going and then from there whatever emotions the music is giving me i get an idea and it's like all right well bam we'll do that so music would be another big one so like uh jaybirds uh have been my favorite uh for a long time now in terms of earphones amazing quality dude i can do fucking flips on those all day and they don't fall out and the quality amazing i love them Coffee would be a big one, too, because you've seen how much fucking coffee I drink, dude. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. My idea of, like, having a nice chill night or something is just going over to, like, to the bookstore, read a book with just a quad shot of coffee. Just a quad shot? My soul. Four shots of espresso. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Life. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, no, I used to take tests. I I used to uh, give me, it was a ritual, and it worked for me. Whenever I would take tests in college, I would always get a quad shot uh, espresso from 
Starbucks. Yeah. We'll get a quad shot. Either chug it or drink like half of it before the test. Black out or what? <laughs> Damn near. It's because the idea was I'd learned that if I take too much time uh, on a test, if I let myself go back and reread and question myself, I yeah. fuck up. So if I just let myself trust the knowledge that I already have, and the coffee makes me just like read everything quickly, it's like all right, all right. done, and it worked. But I would when get... in reality, it looked like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, coffee. Death Wish is a good one. I love Death Wish coffee. Yeah, Death Wish. Uh, yeah, Death Wish. Or maybe I get see that at Jocko. opened that, uh, yeah. that thing we sent you. The what? Or, or uh, maybe get at Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink Fuel. Jocko Fuel is a um, like an energy drink line from a Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink. He's, dude's a genius when it I mean, comes to anything physical or combative. Okay. It is I mean, genius. if it works, I'm with it. That's the the main thing for me is if it works. I've never been one who's like, oh, I want the best shoes, the best clothes. I'm worried about functionality. Right. Yeah. If it works, I want it. Uh, fucking it the shoes that I usually wear, they're like cheap $30, $40 shoes, but they work. Maybe you need an Alpha Brain sponsorship. That's a thing. Yeah, Alpha Brain is uh, made by Onnit. What's it? Oh, Onnit. Okay. Yeah, Onnit. So uh, pretty much it's Joe, one of Joe, Joe Rogan's like, uh, he's he's one of the proprietors in the company, and it just helps you think better, pretty much. It's pretty freaking cool, actually, though. Shit, I'm with it. You'll yeah. be sponsored by Elk Meat. El- Elk Meat. <laughs> yeah, that'd be actually not a bad idea. <laughs> some some noms, no, <laughs> fucking. It's not that's, a real thing. Oh, I was thinking Elk Meat. Uh, is what, elk Jerky is, there, is what I was thinking of. Have you heard of those? I mean, I've heard of Elk Jerky. Like, good. Well, put it that food would be a good one because, dude, I think that's one of the hardest Nothing's things more practical uh, when it came than to food. Huh? Nothing's more practical than food. No, but hard in the sense of like, <laughs> or I guess practical, which you understand it. what I mean of uh, whenever you're trying to eat right, getting the right uh, portions yeah. or, or the right macros without too much other stuff. Yeah. God, that was always That's something we were ass. talking about on the way yeah. here. Um, always a really hard venture is figuring out what you can and can't eat <laughs> and then what you like to eat and what you don't like to eat, but you're willing to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's hard. So, yeah, man. If you want to give the camera a look and shout out all your social medias, any platform you're on, how you want to promote your stuff, pretty much. You. Oh, so I am on Instagram, uh, on Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube, actually, all under the same name, Ninjanus72. I have a backup account on TikTok for in case I get taken down because TikTok's trying really hard to ban my first account. And the second one is Ninjanus underscore 72. It's predominantly at the moment knife throwing, but I do want to, especially on my YouTube channel, start transitioning into doing tutorials for knife throwing, uh, maybe how to do some creative knife throwing. Um, and hopefully once I get back into flips, posting a lot more parkour free running related content because that's always been my main passion. Um, but yeah, the, the knife throwing is the one that I'm doing for the time being, but I do intend to expand. What's the word? Diversify. That's the word I was looking for. Well, make sure to follow Jeff uh, on his journey, which is kind of just beginning. Um, there's Ninjanus72 and Ninjanus underscore 72 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Jeffrey Barrios. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to our page and follow us on Instagram, Devin the Bear, all lowercase, no space. Um, Twitter. We're on TikTok now. We got our t- first TikTok up, and it's a big shout out to all the English fighters uh, fighting this weekend coming up in London. Uh, you got Tom Aspinall, Arnold Allen, Patty Pimblett, Molly McCann, Molly McCann, the Meatball. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's a very exciting card. I think that I think this is a one of the best groups of English fighters the UFC has ever had. They're just all so well rounded. Yeah, know, it's really great to see because they're well rounded and exciting. Because uh, English fighters were mainly known for just boxing. Yeah, and so now it's like they're mixing it up. Tom Aspinall has incredible wrestling. Yeah, and he's making some serious noise in the heavyweight division. So if you are up tomorrow, be sure to tune in these fights because they are going to be happening a little early in the middle of the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna be stuck Remind at work. Me. I'll watch him. She is. Um, but yeah, uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. Comment. Let Jeff know your thoughts on uh, anything he said. Let me know what your favorite coffee is. Yeah. See That's you all next time. Coffee.